Hello, and welcome to Book Club of One. I am Jacob, a librarian, and through the course of a year I read a lot of books. Join me as I detail and share my impressions of the books that have entertained or educated me the most. Almost one whole month into 2022. This is the season for assessing the to-read list and making goals for this year's reading, even though, as I mentioned last episode, I probably won't pick a number until June. Once again, my main reading goal of the year is to make a noticeable impact into decreasing the size of the to-be-read pile. Some success was gained in December and then lost with the holiday book gifts, but I do look forward to reading them, and that's not really a complaint. Are you enjoying the weekly formats of this show? As always, constructive feedback is welcome. See the notes section to reach out. And John Darnielle's latest is still soon to be released, but I am expecting to probably be enraptured by that one and read it quickly, and it will probably be featured at some point in February. Memory Unearthed, the Lodes Ghetto Photographs of Henrik Ross was edited by Maya Marie Sutnik, a curator of the photography at the Art Gallery of Ontario and adjunct professor in the School of Image Arts at Ryerson University. This volume also includes essays by the editor and as well as contributions from Bernice Eisenstein, author of the graphic memoir, I Was a Child of Holocaust Survivors, Robert Jan Van Pelt, professor of cultural history at the University of Waterloo School of Architecture, Michael Mitchell, an award-winning freelance photographer, writer, and documentary filmmaker, and Eric Beck-Rubin, a writer, public speaker, and instructor at the University of Toronto. I learned of this through a choice book review many years ago. And Memory Unearthed is a selection of the nearly 3,000 surviving images taken by Jewish photographer Henrik Ross from 1941 to 1944 while he lived in the Lodz Ghetto. It also includes original prints and other archival materials from the permanent collection at the Art Gallery of Ontario. This is a powerful work of witness of the everyday life of the ghetto and intimate moments of the inhabitants. It serves to humanize some of the victims of Nazism. And Ross tried to save some 6,000 images, but had to bury them when it was time to flee the ghetto due to it being liquidated and nature and time took their toll on these buried uh, images and um, film. So of what we have here, the 3,000, these are selections of the images Roth's been able to save post-war, and some of them clearly show the damage, which adds an extra element to the tragedy depicted in many of them. Alongside the images, we learn of Ross's life and work in the ghetto, as well as essays contextualizing the images by detailing the pre-World War II history of Lodes and what could be learned if some of the individuals photographed. And like Ross's story itself, the images are a story of survival, because he worked for the ghetto governance as an official photographer, and he and his, one of his colleagues were able to take many pictures. His colleague, unfortunately, did not survive. And the images his colleague took were later lost uh, in their kibbutz home in Israel. So it, again, a powerful work of witness to what had happened. Our second book is Treasured, How Tutankhamun Shaped a Century. It's by Christina Riggs, a white British-American historian, academic, and former museum curator. She specializes in the history of archaeology, history of photography, and ancient Egyptian art. 
Since 2019, she has been Professor of Visual Culture at Durham University, and she is also a former Fellow of All Souls College, Oxford. She has published and edited numerous academic and general works, many of them about ancient Egypt. I learned of this one through NetGalley and wound up reading out loud to some of my family members. I don't believe it has quite been published, but is expected at some point in 2022. So Treasured uh, is focused on when the tomb of Tutankhamun was found in 1922, the 3,300-year-old tomb sent shockwaves around the world, turning the boy king into a household name overnight and kickstarting an international media obsession that endures to this day via Goodreads. So it's this blend of biography, historical study, and political analysis. Rig shares her early encounters and interest with Tutankhamun while telling the story of the discovery and ebb and flow and popularity of Tutankhamun across the 20th century. A strength of the work is that it begins with detailing Howard Carter's life and the development of the field of Egyptology and its strong overtones of colonialism. It frequently takes stock of who received credit and who didn't, and how attitudes and cultural expectations steered much of these decisions. It also carries the theme to the present, asking the hard question of who should own these and similar objects of antiquity, the museums that hold them or the cultures or physical locations from which they came. In telling the adventures of Tutankhamun after World War II, his role as an ambassador or political boon for favorable relations with Egypt is a major component, uh, particularly in all in the development of the blockbuster exhibitions. So the theme of Tutankhamun as boon or ambassador is highlighted in the UNESCO efforts to save historic Egyptian sites from the project projected rise in the Nile due to the Aswan Dam project, and emphasizes again the priority to save the ancient sites, rather ignoring the problem of the peoples who still lived in these areas and would be deeply impacted by the Nile higher flow. Going back to the uh, blockbuster exhibition, Tutankhamun's Tomb items, uh, frequently described as treasures, establish the template for the blockbuster show for museums and causes the need to create big events like this to draw in large audiences and their money as a way for museums to survive. And Riggs is very critical of Thomas Hoving and his claims involved in these, but initially the monies raised from many of them were meant to fund the UNESCO efforts. But as the Tutankhamun treasures continue to tour, the question of who got the money became quite important. Now, our final book this episode is The Labyrinth by Simon Stahlberg, uh, an artist and author. So this was added to my local library's collection. And as we read last week in our reading soon, it begins with an eight-wheeled vehicle trundling across a barren landscape of ash and ruined buildings towards a lone bunker deep in the wilderness. Inside, two scientists studying the world-ending phenomena, and a boy named Charlie. As the work unfolds, we see these three individuals grapple with the isolation and claustrophobia of the compound as they uh, confront their own dark histories. So it's a graphic novella, and the artwork beautifully details this Earth's dystopian presence. present. The two scientists are siblings with an adopted child, Charlie, who how they came to be together is ex detailed in this book. So in this particular dystopian world, black orbs appeared that put out ammonia, slowly killing off plant life and causing illnesses and societal breakdown. 
the two scientists were part of a project that was able to survive this catastrophe. And we visit them now uh, on their rotation assignment to investigate the new plant forms that are growing in the former cities when things don't go quite as planned and secrets from their past come back to challenge their existence. And it is told in flashback. So at the beginning, we're introduced to what has occurred, and then we go back, re-experience the story before resolving at the end with the presenting. And this episode's reading soon is It Can't Happen Here by Sinclair Lewis. From Goodreads, a cautionary tale about the fragility of democracy, an alarming, eerily timeless look at how fascism could take hold in America. Written during the Great Depression, when America was largely oblivious to Hitler's aggression, it juxtaposes a sharp political satire with the chillingly realistic rise of a president who became dictator to save the nation. This has been another episode of Book Club of One. Thank you for listening. I welcome constructive criticism and book recommendations or even if you found a book through this episode and want to share the story, feel free to reach out through Instagram and Gmail at Book Club of Uno. Book Club of One is recorded and distributed by Anchor.fm. And remember, no one should be shamed for reading.